0: to do this right? I gotta do this, that's the whole point. <sighs> um, guys, hello, this is the McAllister Hours Podcast. Uh, before we get started with the episode today, we're going to uh promote the website, the thing that we're doing right now, um, com. It's simple, it's short, it's sweet. You don't have to go through the threads of Facebook. Excuse me, Twitter, um, Pornhub, um, Craigslist. You don't have to do any of these things. Instead, you just go to McAllisterHours.com. It's great. It's perfect. It's your one-stop shop for everything. Um, you know, if you're looking for merch in the future, if you're looking for you know live events, um, this is where you want to keep a lookout for. So go check it out, com. Guys, are you trying to find your next spot for a show or event? Look no further because Starbucks Productions is here to help. You know, even in the winter season when people aren't going out, um, it's still a good time to get in touch. Actually, it's actually probably the best time to get in touch with your people, your managers, your booking um, agents, etc. Because those spots are going to fill up for the next year. People are dying to get out. You know, we're finally over this COVID hump. You know despite what um someone's father was saying the other day um apparently it's round three i I love how this is great anyways (laughs) (laughs) these are dark times people um they're always busy in emotion behind the scenes in the midwest and have plenty of shows lined up so what are you waiting for head over to starbucks productions facebook page for all of your needs today Gorilla Graphics Design Agency can provide you top tier effects and production value. Their team has everything you can ask for, including professional equipment and stellar end product from top to bottom. Um, one of the best companies ever created, besides McCall's Towers. <laughs> Jane, I love you, man. No, I, I, I I'm part of this company. soon to be a part of this company. Still in the process, but we're getting there. Uh, and they do great stuff. I really, I truly do love the work that we they do. It's awesome. Um, head over to GorillaGraphics.com for all of you to today that's g-u-e-r-r-i-l-l-a-g-r-f-x dot com again that's g-u-e-r-r-i-l-l-a-g-r-f-x dot com again that's no i'm kidding i can't do it again Ladies and gentlemen, this is the McAlister's podcast. I'm your host, as always, Cole McAllister. We're joined today by pro lightweight MMA fighter Johnny Hopper. How the fuck you doing today, man? Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. He, he looked over my notes, so you know everything.
1: <laughs> hey, man, I needed a little uh, run through. I didn't know what was going to happen, and then I was like yeah. thinking, overthinking.
0: This is um, again. We do this quite often in the Cow Hours. This is your first ever podcast, so um, congratulations for choosing this. Thank you, man. Um, I was watching some of your videos today. Uh, very impressive stuff. Um, you know, like I was telling you, I have very little understanding of sports in general, but I could just tell in that video. You know, when you um, you know i don't remember what who i, I don't remember which fight it was i think it was the first video that you sent me um cooper yeah i think so um but he you came out of that like literally bloodied like you you have a you know vigorous sense and passion um let me ask you first like what do you think it is that um like in your life that like gives you that like gives you that like um drive and ambition to like keep fighting and you know
1: do um, it. It could be a lot of things it could be my blood the the mexican blood in me you know uh, it could be right for real you know the, the mexican boxers uh it could be that if my dad showed me uh mma as a young kid um i've had a kind of a rough life it wasn't like my parents abused me my parents were actually great they raised me right uh my sisters were never really wrong to me, my family nothing was ever really bad on my family aspect. It's just had a, a little bit of a rough start in life. Sure, sure. I get that. And uh, as a as a kid I was always like really insecure. Like I I always knew I could like hurt somebody, but I would never I would get so mad and like frustrated, I just start shaking and almost cry. Like I would want to hit somebody, but I can't. And I don't know if it was just born. Or, or what, but it's just something that, something in me just tells me to hurt someone.
2: (laughs) It's kind of weird,
1: yeah, it's kind of (laughs) weird.
0: Dude, I only get that way on mushrooms, son.
1: That's me all the time, I wake up and I'm like, violence, 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 (laughs) it's kind of (laughs) bad.
0: So do you, but, I mean, so you think that's just because of your childhood, you're just like, that's your way of like getting over it or coping with it or...
1: I wouldn't say getting over it, coping with it. Um, I would say it is a motivating factor because I know I. I mean, I've been broke. I've slept without a bed. I've slept without eating dinner before. You know, and yeah, sure. it's nothing on my like my, my mom's fault or anything. My dad's fault. It's not their fault. But I think coming from a rough beginning like that, I think that kind of helps me into not giving up in a fight for sure.
0: Hell yeah, man. Well, um, like I said, you have like a really passionate energy, um, to you. Um some stats. You actually are ranked number one in Iowa, which I think um, you know, again, congrats, like, you know, huge uh huge honor you for you to be here. Ninety six overall in the US. Um, I guess that's another kind of question that I have. Um I guess how long have has like you or have like you had the success that you've had with like, you know, being you know, in these statistics, has it been recent or has it been kind of a lifelong kind of deal? What, how's um, that worked?
1: Technically, I've been ranked in Iowa mma since i was 19 when i took my first amateur fight I was oh wow an amateur then so okay I sure a professional um
0: so when did you go pro i guess uh
1: 2020 right okay. before covid <laughs> literally like, the month before covid i had my professional fight and then well not even a month bro it was february 29th of 2020 i had my pro debut and then march 3rd uh the world shut down yeah you know? <laughs> It was yeah. just like, or the next weekend, maybe, because my, my coach was supposed to have a bare knuckle boxing match, went to Kansas, and they were like, no. <laughs> the world closed, and he was like, okay. So right when I went pro, the whole sh- world shut down, and I had no money. So, <laughs> great.
0: <laughs> so how do you think that impact has impacted your pro career, then? Like, how long were
1: you out? Uh, uh, I made my pro debut February 2020, and then COVID happened, I think, that year in November. I had my next... By, so I was 2-0 by the end of the year um, there was times where I was like man I need to give this up I need to get a real job you know because I mean it's not paying the bills you know I need something to pay the bills but I, I'm kind of glad I, uh, <laughs> I uh, stuck through it
0: <laughs> you're lucky you're Lolo Savage <laughs> I'm just kidding um so so you started at uh William Penn as a wrestler, correct? Yeah. Um, so what was your experience like doing that?
1: Um, so I started wrestling at the age of eight. Uh my dad got me there. Um well my dad and mom. But I got an opportunity to wrestle at um William Penn and I did that for five years. I was a starter for four. I had to red shirt one year. Um, I could have redshirted another year for my knee, but I didn't, and my coach and I were talking after that. He kind of wished that I would have, because I could have done well, but, yeah. I I didn't do that well, and I'm kind of ashamed <laughs> about it. <laughs>
0: like, wait, like, what do you, why do you think that was? Like, was it just, you just didn't have the skill, or their focus, or like, what?
1: Um, definitely the focus. My focus wasn't on point. I was just sure. a young kid. Uh Man, it could be. a... I wasn't. I mean, I'm not the great. I'm not the greatest wrestler. I'm gonna be honest. You know, there's been kids out there that that tore me up, and they'll probably think th- there's kids that I've wrestled with that have beat me in matches, and they'll be nice to me, and then they'll walk away and talk to somebody and be like, oh, "I could beat him in a fight." Like, like, okay, bro. <laughs> and this is when I was an amateur, and I would I wouldn't say anything. And now those types of people, they don't even like. They try to add me on Facebook. I don't have them back. I'm like, screw you, bro.
0: <laughs> so let me ask you this, though, because, like, you know, like I said, watching your clips, uh, you know, talking about wrestling, there does seem to be, like, a correlation in a way. Like, there are moments where you're wrestling. Like, I guess, do you, th- like, obviously those skills helped you in some way, right? Like, I guess, like, what translated and what, I guess, what's different about what you do now versus then? I mean, besides, the, I guess, the obvious, you're, you know, throwing punches and kicking um, and stuff like I don't that.
1: I go to school that's the main thing man the school part is what ah, kinda i love that, that answer that, that, that <laughs> kinda uh, drove, me, drove me away from wrestling a little bit but uh yeah i don't i don't so wrestling is just like a a minuscule part of mma you know it's because sure. mixed martial arts it's everything putting together you're in a cage and you're supposed to fight it's like the most basic bare minimum uh survival skill of a human being so to go in there and to know how to box and know how to wrestle and know how to do it, throw kicks and punches, that all correlates together. So just because I was crappy in the sport of wrestling and not that good of a boxer and I can't throw that good of kicks and kickboxing, but if you put it all together, I could put everything together. So that's what the best thing about me is. I'm not good in here. I'm not the smartest here, but when I'm in the cage, I'm a genius.
0: Hell yeah, man. Um, what about like your training? Like what goes into like when you're – Um, you know getting ready for this like obviously I understand a big part of uh, wrestling is like making weight You know, i'm sure that's a challenge like what is your you know, both your workout and your diet regimen in terms of that
1: So I train every day uh If i'm training for a fight, I trade two times a day if I can um, it'll typically be running and lifting and top of uh Jiu-jitsu or some type of striking up at my gym, uh ink any elite edge um they're my that's my baseline that's where Mm -hmm. i go to learn my skills and then i've been lifting my whole life and i've gotten better as a runner so that kind of helps me keep it's like a side activity i do to keep myself in shape to make me a better mixed martial artist so um when i'm when i'm uh training for a fight i eat nothing but steak and chicken and sometimes potatoes bananas my multivitamins um my supplements, Elite Edge supplements, Elite Edge Labs. I do. Uh, they they basically that's what fuels me. So I had I don't be eating as much. I'd be really tired and fatigued. But my protein and my post workout, and pre workout, all of that was it keeps me top notch for sure.
0: Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, so like I guess what what's the hardest thing about like um you know making weight like i because you know i'm a fucking foodie i like to fucking you know hit the joint and like fucking just (laughs) munch out and just eat a whole fucking frozen pizza and kill my fucking intestines my intestines are screaming at me the next morning you know but like i don't know like i how how do you is is it just like really that like just that focus and that drive is it all it is or is there like tricks that you have to like keep off doing that
1: man yeah it is it is very hard to because you don't know all the junk i mean you you just explain the junk you eat you know (laughs) but as like the typical average american i'll say uh they don't know the processed foods that they eat you know They, they don't know the 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 garbage that they're putting in their body and i guess i didn't know for the longest time up until like so i would eat crappy and then i would cut weight and barely make weight and i would wrestle crappy and I would have all these excuses for myself and it was all just because of me like I was failing because of me I wasn't I wasn't, but it also, I mean, I was, when I was in college, I was eating out of the, the cafe and that cafe was just awful. It was not <laughs> Oh yeah. It, it always. Was fake eggs. It was not real meat. And it was like, <laughs> and they were wondering why all their athletes are getting injured. Right. Because you're not properly, there's not proper nutrition, yeah, you know?
0: Plastic pizza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like cardboard. And it's
1: like, it's good. Like when you're, when you're broke, yeah, that stuff's great. You know, I, I can't complain because I've been broke and I've had that like pizza rolls for dinner, you know? Um, but when you're trying to be a successful athlete, you can't, you can't be doing that.
0: Yeah. Um, quick, um, divergent. When I was in high school, I was telling you before I was in cross country and not to get political, but, uh, there was, uh, Michelle Obama passed, you know, got, Push this thing where the school lunches got Ch- diminished yeah and so like i remember everyone that was a runner was like always having to bring their own lunches and like they were like complaining that like they weren't getting enough food and the coaches were like hey my runners aren't getting the carbohydrates and the energy that they need to be able to perform like this is the whole you know what i mean it's crazy
1: yeah the so when people talk about nutrition they think um eating healthier but like you can eat something healthy that's really processed you know i can eat a can of tuna yeah tuna is healthy but it is extremely processed if you can go get fresh tuna that's your best bet just like if you can go kill your own meat that's your best bet but we, a lot of us don't do that so we go to our supermarket you know the less processed food the better i think and oh, yeah. for me at least i i mean if you look at my fights or the way i wrestled in college i had a bunch of processed food a bunch of crap <laughs> to now where I'm eating real clean. Well, not right now. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of eating whatever I want. But during a fight, like I'll I'll eat real clean, and uh, I feel like the Terminator. I just like <laughs> and just go. It's crazy.
0: So is that another key part of it? Like letting yourself have times where you just kind of let go and eat whatever, or yeah. are you not really supposed to do that?
1: Uh, you're not supposed to do that. I mean, you shouldn't do that. True. As as a, a mixed martial artist and an athlete, you shouldn't do that. Um, my August fight. When I went up to Milwaukee And I made weight It was kind of rough But after that man I was just eating 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 I got back up to 190 And I Yeah I got I got up to 190 And then uh, And it's like It's not Like some of it's muscle But it's like fat bro. Like I was pretty chunky. You got the and, rolls. Yeah, yeah. Like, the rolls and everything. And uh <laughs> and then you just have to yeah, just not eat and burn off that fat and then try to clean your system. Uh prune juice. I know that's uh, you talk about that too. It's so funny, bro. It's so funny. Because
2: literally my profile picture. You, literally,
1: literally whenever I saw that I started laughing. It's prune juice is awful. It's so disgusting but man, it it cleans you out man it's a natural laxative it's something that if you're uh if you're eating crappy food and you're not drinking that then you're just having all that processed food sit in you and it's making you feel like crap and making you sick so prune juice i'm with you on that it's gross though <laughs> <laughs> me too
0: <laughs> so um so like are you eating like are you eating like a lot of meat or protein or like what or like do, do you ever i'm curious too do you ever do like fasting because uh I'm, yeah, I do. How uh, long do you fast? Like, what's your longest period you'll do it? A-
1: um, I'll I'll do no more than 24 hours. Okay. I don't think I've done anything longer than a day without eating. Um, sure. Healthy. I've probably done it in high school for longer <laughs> periods of time. You know, thinking I know how to cut weight, but I didn't. <laughs> um, but it's kind of it's kind of weird. You know how when you're craving chocolate, you know, you're just like, I need chocolate. I need it right now, or I need spicy foods. You know, um whenever i get my body down to uh, whatever the weight i need to be at which it will be typically like 175 i'll have little fat on my body probably like 10 percent fat on my body and uh my body won't be screaming chocolate it'll be screaming like steak like my muscles need steak and i'll eat steak and i'll be good and then i'm low energy well i need carbs so then i'll eat breads and bananas and um, fruits for the sugars and all that so it's as i've grown i've kind of been able to focus on my body and, and kind of tells me what i need okay so it's kind of it's kind of hard to tell people because you have to understand your body first if you don't understand <laughs> that's your a body very good first, point because you like what you eat is it be, like some people are lactose intolerant, but I can drink milk all day and I'll be fine, yeah, bro. Sure. I can I can have a gallon of chocolate milk within a day and it's kind of ridiculous to say. But it's like it doesn't do anything like digestional wise. It doesn't make me messed up. But my body, I can drink that much because I feel like my body needs it. Like I need the the vitamin D. I need the calcium and it, I mean, it helps, you know. I've broken my hand before and I've drank in milk and calcium and it's within two weeks. It's fine.
0: It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Do you have like a like a nen Yahoo like a (laughs) a chocolate milk? (laughs) No, 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 none of (laughs) that. Uh, shit. So, uh, what do you think about? I I guess let me. I I kind of asked you about the wrestling aspect. Like, what about like uh you know boxing in general or like you know like how is you know like boxing or maybe other you know like you know i i never really watched it but you know there's wwe there's a whole fan mm-hmm. base for that i guess in the whole realm of like um you know fighting and you know combat wrestling sport. combat yeah exactly combat mixed martial arts sports um you know i guess i guess where do you think you fall in that um that's kind of a broad general question but it, <laughs> is, a,
1: it is a very broad general question um uh, I'll basically uh, tell you a little story. Sure. Um, so when I was a kid, I remember watching uh, like a Monday Night Raw or SmackDown or something on TV. I was uh, my mom and dad were still together, and my dad saw that I was watching on TV and was like, "What are you watching?" I was like, "I'm watching wrestling, bro. Like this is dope." I'm like seven or eight at the time, and he's like, "That's fake." It's like that's not fake they're slamming each other there's blood that, that's obviously real. He's like, no man it's scripted. the pain's real but it's scripted they know who's gonna win and all that He was like, you want to see real fighting He was like I'll show you real fighting Sometime later we went to uh, a, a video store like a blockbuster like a hole on a wall and uh, we went in the back room there's VHS like all the old VHS and you know the different they, typically the movies were black they had black cases. And if there were cartoons like Nickelodeon, they'd be orange or green or something like that. Some stupid. Well, this one was white. And I remember he grabbed it. I was like, why is this one white bro? Is it was like Holy grail? What's up? What's going on? <laughs> and, uh, we end up getting home and he shows me and it's like UFC one or two with Royce Gracie. And, uh, he's just messing everybody up. And I'm like, bro, that's fake. Like you're telling me that, that what they were doing. They're slaving each other. This dude's like grabbing them by his legs and he's choking them. And they're, they're giving up like, no way. And, uh, then he started explaining it to me. He was like, they're quotes, as real as it gets. And it kind of, uh, jujitsu kind of drew me in. And uh, as my dad would, he was a floor, he would lay carpet and he would do bo- both residential and commercial and sometimes I would help him in the summer. And uh, he took me to this place called Funhouse Pizza in KC Mo. And uh, on the walls there was posters of like Mike Tyson and tommy the duke morrison he was from kansas city and george foreman and i would ask him about them he'd tell me stories about them and their fights and like their gods like titans and i would like get so fascinated so i fell in love with boxing with uh first it was ollie and tommy the duke morrison and then um wwe is more of a showman type of thing but i guess you can count it towards combat sports because they're hurting each other but it's not it's uh it's more scripted
0: yeah but it's, sure
1: but it's but it's entertaining you know that's entertainment if you didn't have that and you just try to watch fighting like a, like a casual fan like me will will watch fighting and I, no matter what i'll be like that's a good fight that's a bad fight but somebody that doesn't watch mma like you you need something like exciting you need blood you need you want you want to scream you know that's what the the wwe showman aspect is and sure. uh, a lot of fighters will go in there and they'll be like yeah i'm the best fighter in the world but nobody's watching you bro. Like <laughs> you like you could be the best fighter in the world. You're not gonna make money if you're like but so to like I I kinda jumped all over the place, but no, yeah, man, yeah. Um, wrestling definitely kept me grounded, it kept me disciplined. Uh, boxing definitely I fell in love with uh, throwing hands. I never thought I would have like knockout power. I seen my dad fight people on the streets and uh, I seen him, like, drop grown men, and I was, like, as a kid, I'd be like, like, the, he was short, he was, like, 5'7", and these dudes are huge compared to him, and he'd be dropping them, and I'm like, wh- like, <laughs> I, it was just crazy uh, what he would do, and I never thought I would be able to possess that capability, but if you watch some of my fights, I'd just be dropping fools left, <laughs> right? It's just kind of fun. It's so easy, to be honest. But, yeah, the the whole, like, the WWE, that's more of a, a show if you didn't have wwe it's kind of hard to uh to popularize mma
0: sure sure when uh when you say like it's easy to take someone down like that like um you know i, I obviously i'm a layman i'm not a, um, a fighter um or mma you know can cons- kind of sewer, but like Is it like timing or just like muscle memory or like what goes into your ability to be able to just be like, you know, just find that time where you're just popping somebody and Um, knocking them down?
1: Yeah, a lot of it is timing. I think wrestling helped me with my timing. uh, To be able to look at somebody and read their movements before they do it is kind of, that's key. But to be able to throw a proper punch, not a lot of people know how to throw a proper punch. If you tell somebody to stand up and throw a punch, it's not going to look at what exactly what they're going to he- head's going to be up or not down you know they're not going to turn their punch over so to be able to throw a proper punch is is really like the the key because if you can just touch someone at the right time on the chin and crack it like a whip everybody falls i've had i've had dude in the streets who were like 250 and they're bigger than me they're, they should smoke me bro i have a scar on my knuckle because this dude bro <laughs> yeah bro it's it's from his tooth this dude was <laughs> messing with me bro i was at a party <laughs> and like the night before i got kind of wild like i got i got really wild i was like the, the next night i was being dd i was being cool well this guy his girl didn't like me for good reasons i would call her names but she was those names you know she was very mean and uh I didn't know they were dating, so this dude's trying to fight me, and he's getting his boys, and right as, like, they go outside, I'm inside, I'm like, this party ain't gonna end, and my buddy's like, hey, the party's over, everybody's gotta go. Well, now I gotta go outside and see these dudes. I'm like, man, crap, and uh, I go out, and there's, like, seven dudes in a line, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm about to get jumped again. Like, I've been jumped at pin before, you know, so I had a bunch of, a couple freshmen that I were roommates with, and I was like, listen, you guys don't gotta fight. Just don't let me get jumped, okay? If someone hits me from the side, grab them. You don't gotta punch them. And uh, we started like arguing. I didn't even know the dude's name. And then people started pushing each other and he ran all the way around and came up, pushed me. And I put my hands up and remember being so mad. And then he like, I don't know why, but he had his hands up and he just walks forward. crap, he split my knuckle on his tooth and there's blood all over my hand he was like, grabbing the grill trying to climb up and so it's it's not a lot of because uh, the dude's bigger than me he could have like in theory grabbed me killed me dropped me on my head but if you know how to throw a punch and you know how to fight everything's so easy
0: so what it, <laughs> what is it about the chin is it just like when you break it it's just that painful um or it's just your for like your
1: force or what um, I think honestly, it's force. I think when somebody gets knocked out, there's a lot of different speculations on it because you don't really know. But the most common thing is like your brain being rattled in your skull. So, something about your chin being like a lever almost. So, when you get hit, and it'll rattle your brain if your neck's not strong. You know, if you get a strong neck and you're able to build up a neck, you can uh, reduce your concussions a lot. But. Yeah, the chin is a weird thing. Some people can take punches. Like I've taken I've taken a knee to the face, I've taken kicks to the face, but Pop, dude. it's been
2: wild. It's a it's proven that people have different bone densities as well. Uh-huh. Some really dense bones. Like it's big talked about that it obviously could just be speculation, but that like Logan Paul and Jake Paul are actually people that are thought to have from like Really good, bone those
1: they're, they're bigger dudes. I don't really uh, watch them or, or know much about them, but they look bigger, like bigger dudes, and they look like they'd come from like Viking bloodlines. So I don't doubt that. Like, <laughs> they they may not be like the most technically sound, but those are some tough big motherfuckers, you know. I
2: gotta say, yeah. dude, people talk shit about Logan Paul, but the dude is like 6'4". He probably walks around. He probably walks around at just like 220 pounds, something like that. Just when he's walking around, I'm like, um, can't relate. I don't think he can really box
1: well, but like, I wouldn't fight him. It's a big dude. It's a big dude. It's a lot to handle.
0: So, do you? I'm curious. Do you ever worry about like, like CTE or um, any kind of effects from that?
1: Um, I have people ask me that all the time. (laughs) No, okay, I can. I I see. I got like stories to say to explain why when I say no, people will be like, "Well, of course, John. You worries about his health. Like, you look how look how well you eat. Look how much you run. Look how much you lift and train. Of course, like people are probably think I'm worried about my health, but uh, the best way I can explain is uh, when I was young. I don't. I just never felt. Uh, Like, I never felt like everybody else. I always felt different. I felt like an alien. I know... I was a minority in Kansas. Like, after I grew up... I grew up in Kansas City, Kansas. And then house burnt down and moved to Baser, Kansas. It's a small town. And I was, like, the only Mexican kid there. The rest were white kids, you know? So then... Um, I would get in a lot of like arguments and fights and they would be like, oh, well, Johnny's making fun of me for this. But they were making fun of me for my skin color, bro. Like nobody would – somebody would be like, oh, he made fun of me because I'm too short, you know. And I'm like, bro, you were making fun of me for my skin color and I came back with that. Or I was arguing with uh, some kid who was fatter than me and he was just clowning on me for being Mexican and everybody in the class is laughing. The teacher is watching me. I make two comments about him being fat and then I get the detention. (laughs) So I never felt Uh like anybody was on my side or anything. And I always felt like an outsider. And um, my sisters, they were the the ones that I can kind of relate to the most. I grew up with them, Um, their blood, their family. Um, They were always older than me. I was the youngest. And they they always came up with some crazy ass ideas. We had this – this damn Ouija board, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. So, I, I don't like people, you don't have to believe in ghosts, you don't have to believe in God, You don't, but I gotta tell this story because it's a legit. You're, it's a, you're
0: not offending anyone here, man. You're good.
1: good. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody listening, like, they might be like, oh, Ouija board. No, wait, I mean, he's lying. But I'm telling you, like, I was, I don't know, like, seven eight years old this was before i can really comprehend mma and wrestling and boxing and everything i think i was just like a dumb kid watching cartoons playing video games you know i didn't know much and uh i was kind of slower young and uh we take this glow in the dark ouija board (laughs) we moved from kansas city kansas to baser kansas we moved in this we thought it was a house when i was a kid but it was a fucking trailer built and it had a fucking uh basement concrete basement it was a trailer though it was out in the middle of nowhere right next to us was a cemetery it's called holy angel cemetery hmm. were right ne- we would fucking climb the barbed wire fence go into the cemetery and use the ouija board like geniuses right like that's brilliant still to this day i see ghosts and like they'll they'll do stuff shit will fall and i'm like there's ghosts around me but they're not harming me but they're like haha bro <laughs> we're here and i'm like all right bro like i messed up as a kid we we played with that ouija board too much And uh, one time it was like my sisters and I and my cousin, and we were in uh the... Yes, where they put like the, the coffins on the dead bodies where we were literally sitting with this Ouija board doing this Ouija board, bro, <laughs> at like night at night bro like bro yeah it's, I don't know what we were thinking my sisters are probably listening right now laughing they don't re- really remember the conversation but I remember this conversation because they wouldn't let me touch the Ouija board they thought I was going to lie and mess it up so I had to sit and watch my sisters and my cousin do it and they were uh, asking questions and it was like getting getting crazy they were like who's gonna get married first at all my sisters my cousin and then it like said my cousin and that was right and it was like who's gonna get pregnant first and it said my cousin and it was like go down the line and tell them like what's gonna happen i don't remember if it was accurate on them i'm pretty sure it was though i'm pretty sure it was really fairly accurate well they get to the end and i'm like well, what about me like i'm not using the Ouija board i'm not the one touching it but i'm on the outside and i'm like bro like i'm here what about me and they were like, what about Johnny? And the Ouija board, and so it like freaks me out to this day. It, it spells out knockout. And at the time, I didn't know what that meant. I was like, what does that mean? My sister was like, oh, you're going to be handsome when you're gone. Obviously, that didn't work out, you know. <laughs> so it's kind of crazy that that Ouija board predicted I was going to be a professional fighter. Like it said knockout. And I never like knew, I never, at the time, I wasn't grasping the concept. Like, man, I'm going to i was like what does that mean and for the longest time i was like what does that mean until i was an amateur fighter and i started knocking people out and i was like maybe that's what that meant started putting two took me like 20 years but that's like that's one reason like mma has been drawing me and not only that something about combat has been telling me i need to do this and then so we do that Ouija board, and my sister, one of my sisters does it again. Her and I are doing it this time. And I remember the Ouija board telling me that I was going to die at, like, 34 or 36. I remember crying and crying and crying. Being a little kid, my dad comes up, and he gets mad. Like, why are you crying? And my sister tells him, like, it wasn't me. It was the Ouija board, like, I promise. And, like, I believe her. Like, she wasn't really... I don't think she was doing it to be a will. If she was, she would have been like, okay, I'm sorry. She would have felt guilty. But I was, like, crying and, like... Damn, I'm not gonna live this see 40. Like what? Like I remember like freaking out, and my dad being mad, and he burned the Ouija board. Then that's the last time. I saw. <laughs> yeah, for real. So when people ask me questions like that, like are you worried about your health? Yes and no. Like yes, I, I'm. I could retire right now, and well, I, I couldn't even really say retire. I didn't have really a really career. I'm seven and one. I hate when people are like, "Oh, I'm retired." You're two and two, bro. You're not retiring. You just you never had a career. But <laughs> that's, how I I, that's how I I view myself. Um, I could retire. I could start a family, I could have a job. I, I mean went to college. I, I have a lot of skills I could do, but something about MMA has been drawing me since I was a kid and knowing that I'm gonna die in my mid30s if that's true, but I, I have like a firm belief that that's true, you know like I, I am okay with me dying by the age of 35. Like I am fully okay because what's been happening in my life with MMA and like how much I've grown and blown up and people are just kind of noticing me. Um, I'm willing to take that risk. I'm willing to, to die for my cause. And that's, that's a hundred honest truth. Honest truth.
0: Oh yeah. So let me ask you this then what, like what, I guess, what is your cause? like is it something other than just um you know like kind of what we talking in the beginning or is there something okay
1: um it was uh there's there's a lot like yeah there's what, what i was talking about um my family um i've seen my sister struggle a lot i've seen my mom my mom has struggled a lot and she's done a lot for me to be able to like wrestle you know she I would have, like, a wrestling camp, and she would, be like, how much money is it? And she would figure it out, man. She would be waitressing, and she would come up with the tips and give me the cash. And, and uh, I was really uh, ungrateful as a kid and growing up, and I never realized that until I was a man where uh, I had nothing. I had, like, a torn ACL, and I, had, I couldn't walk, bro, and, like, I had to just sit there and contemplate my life, like, can't walk can't wrestle can't fight can barely no i can barely walk no like who am i and uh i think it all i found out who i am over the past uh six years my sisters don't even know the same man that i am now like it's kind of sad i haven't seen them in so long my mom um i'm definitely not the same person and it's uh sad to say, but it's also good to say because I've grown a lot as a human being, as a mixed martial artist, as a man, as a brother, as a son. But I think uh, a lot of my purpose with MMA and uh, the, the will and the heart and desire to do it is to, to help my family, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll, <clears throat> I'll say this, man. I don't think it's a bad thing at all.
1: Right. Um, yeah. I think
0: I think you changing as a person. I think that's. I think everyone should strive to be that. I think if you are a different person a decade from when um, you were, you know, at that point, then you, that's you know, I think you're doing the right thing at that
1: point. Yeah, for sure.
0: For sure, man. Um, so let me ask you this.
1: Uh, sorry, look at my No, you're you worked
0: part- with. Uh, you worked with Anthony Petus. Pettis. 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 Sorry. Pettis. <laughs> you were you were showing me a video about that because you know
1: I'm. I'm so um
0: uneducated out of, out of the loop out of the loop exactly exactly um what what was your experience like working with him
1: um as a kid i used to watch him and i'd be mesmerized like the showtime kick that i showed you and he would yeah. do some crazy stuff you know and uh it's it was kind of surreal to get a message and an opportunity to fight for him i was like man like maybe i am doing something maybe they want to make a name off of me you know maybe they want to get somebody to knock me out but that wasn't the case and then they ended up liking me and they're like hey um they want to stick with me they want to help me out pettis is uh he's actually a stand-up dude you would think that the money and fame would get to most people it doesn't seem like it got to him he's like a down-to-earth cool chill every time i see him he smiles and he's like what's up bro like he's been and he him and my coach actually trained in uh for a little bit back in the day so it was kind of like almost like fate like things were to fall into place and for him to offer me the the opportunity to fight. So it's it's been he's a real dude for sure.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um so <clears throat> you, you live in oski Askaloosa. Um what what's it been like uh being in the pro scene um and like kind of you know, kinda living in rural Iowa in a sense, you know? What is what what is that like for you?
1: Uh at first there was like nobody paying attention to me which is fine like i think any i don't think any fighter should get paid attention to because anybody can be like oh i want to be a fighter and get paid millions and and then retire and do whatever you want you know but i think you have to earn that right to to get paid like that um to be able to grow like not grow up but live in rural iowa um during this time has been really uh fulfilling i've met a lot of people through uh MMA a lot of sponsors a lot of friends new friends um, a lot of co-workers I guess uh, especially at the the Rock Island tap that bar in there like that's the best bar in that town <laughs> and I, I it's a very biased opinion for me to say that but I've been in the other bars and you can just tell like the cleanliness of one bar to another and you can just tell like the standards the 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 Rock Island tap they're not a bar where you you have uh, weirdos hanging out that's more of the other bar by the hy-vee you know <laughs> but um the living in rural iowa during this time has uh kept me out of trouble you know i'm not in like florida or new york or california right like <laughs> let's go to the club on the weekend like no bro i just <laughs> i live in a quiet small town and it's just yeah it's just uh, a lot of the support that i've been getting from that town is kind of surreal
0: that's awesome, man. So let me ask you this: If like, uh, I mean, obviously y- your career's t- taking off. Number one, I what thats impressive as fuck. You're getting there. Um, you know, if you hit that point, ha- like, how would you feel about moving to one of those cities? Like, let's say Joe Rogan called you up and was like, "Hey, I want you on the next. Uh, w- what's his like? He has like his wrestling, well, like wrestling, fighting, MMA type of show. I don't remember. But anyways, like, what, like, what would you do if that happened? Would you think rethink it?
1: um I don't know I yeah it's kind of hard to say I I like the quiet life to be honest to be able to have my own privacy and, and just be able to go home and chill like that's that's nice but the opportunities that will be at like bigger cities would be would be ideal you know the money's there Uh, the the spotlight is there for me to get my name out there I don't think I would ever move out of iowa while i'm being a professional fighter though because something about iowa it's underrated um especially in the fight scene i agree because
0: well i don't know anything about the fight scene but well, Iowa in general
1: it, iowa generally yeah it's definitely underrated it's very uh cheap and costly it's so delivery. cheap it's so very cheap. costly so that's why i've been i've liked it
0: <clears throat> yeah i think Iowa's number one in affordability in the u.s perfect it
1: was perfect for me
0: yeah it's great man
1: and yeah um the affordability is kind of what it has made me stay here. It's kept me humble. It's kept me focused. It's definitely kept me, uh, just driven, for sure. But uh, the one thing I like about, I, well, I don't like about it. It's like how <laughs> cold it gets. You know, oh it gets, yeah, it gets so cold, and I hate the cold. It's awful. I hate the snow. I hate everything about it. But to be able to to go out and run in negative ten weather, run two miles, run three miles when somebody in california can't do that <laughs> I think ah. that gives me the edge for yeah sure. it, it sucks like imagine waking up every day taking a cold shower you don't have the option of hot water you had to take a cold shower imagine how that would change <laughs> you that would yeah imagine how imagine running in negative degree weather yeah while, the, while it's snow
0: dude when i was in cross country we did that yeah we, fucking, you know. we had the sweatpants i remember we would all like we'd be like running like two miles and we'd all look at our balls like look how small they are <laughs>
1: hilarious that's great that's great that's great great. i never heard some shit like that
2: (laughs) oh my god
0: um going back to your uh ouija i'm I'm curious about your so you really believe that like that was like a real experience
1: yeah Mm. that was a hundred percent real experience um yeah man that was that was wild i remember uh that, yeah, man. That like when I tell people that they they're kind of they, they kind of like disregard it. But there's some people that when I tell them they're like that first story about the knockout. They're like what what what? But then I tell them about if I'm gonna die at the age of 35 or 36, I have like ten more years to live maybe. And they're like, well, don't say that. Like, well, what's wrong with like that? Death is such a pivotal part of everybody's life. Like we're all gonna die. You're gonna you're gonna die. I'm gonna die. And for me to be comfortable with dying, I think that's able for me to go out there and perform a little bit better. I don't care if I win or lose. Hell
0: yeah.
2: i got a, I got a question to kind of add on to that. What was it like with, like, you know, is your dad Mexican?
1: Um, no.
2: Oh, okay. Is that... <laughs> I just I know a lot of like Latino Hispanic people and When it yeah. comes to shit With like Ouija boards And demons bro My mom They're like lit My dad burned it right away And like dude I'm like dead ass They're like fuck no Like I had this homeboy Back in the day He's like I don't fuck with owls Like they like I don't know owls Or like something
1: like that Yeah like, like they don't fuck with He's like I don't fuck with owls like, Owls are a creepy <laughs> I I wouldn't say I don't fuck with them But owls are a little uh, <laughs> Look at them They're a little suspicious like, an owl can turn its head all the way around, like motherfucker.
0: <laughs> what do they like? Swoop so down, and pick up Mexicans? Is that the? <laughs> oh, no,
1: bro, they're like he it's needed something needed. spiritual about them. There's like a spiritual uh, energy, like yeah, it's like a raven. You don't fuck with the raven. My, s- my uh, sister,
2: who like we always used to call her a little evil child and shit, demon child. I mean, she's okay though, but she's got like, a fetish <laughs> with fucking owls, dude. Owl everything, right? but I'm like something's wrong with you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, my mom is super Catholic, so she, like, she hates Ouija boards and, like, can't yeah. fucking, like, I, I I just haven't gone around to getting one, but it's like, I yeah, would. I'd fuck with
1: one. <laughs> so, so I guess, I guess, uh, um, whenever you do the Ouija board, you have to say, like, goodbye, you have to tell them goodbye. If you don't, then apparently you keep open that 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 connection mm. but i think i like i don't think i ever said goodbye as a kid i think i was just dumb and just stopped you know thought it was a board game and now like stuff will happen on my xbox will turn on or one time i was brushing my teeth and like i just got out of the shower and mirror's kind of foggy I was brushing my teeth and i spit out my toothpaste and i looked up and i seen like the mirror is foggy but at the bottom of my door i could see feet bro and it like <laughs> oh I, bro I remember I like squeezed my toothbrush and broke it. I turned around thinking I was gonna scrap right there. Like, who the hell is in my my place? And but it was nobody. And then I was like, okay, it's probably a ghost. Like, I need to chill. I've had like weird things happen ghosts, I just, but nothing like bad. I don't think they I don't think they can hurt me.
0: I was gonna say, have you thought about like just going to a Ouija board just to close that shit up? Just be like, I. I'm just, that's I'm just going in say <laughs> yeah, case. Bro, that's, a, that's a brilliant idea. You know, uh, yeah. Here, I'll have, get one for yeah, you. Yeah, we'll split on that. one. <laughs> to
2: do that. Just go on it and say hello, goodbye. Please uh, not fucking bring that shit in the room if I'm there. i Don't fuck with that shit. <laughs> that is wild. That
1: is wild, bro. It is nuts
0: i don't know if you saw on our door when we walk in our key ch- our key holders like the devil the goat devil with Nuh-uh. the star
1: i didn't even
2: notice it bro that's that's funny this is Satan.
1: <laughs> would you put me on you put me on satan's podcast i'm playing basically you're, you're, hey i i'd take that i'd take that credit <laughs>
2: Oh,
0: fuck. You, 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 yeah. I'm curious. You were talking about hunting earlier. You ever go hunting?
1: I've never gone hunting. Okay. I, I would like to. Um, the extent of my out- outdoors is, like, camping and fishing.
0: Like oh, okay. Well. Yeah, I fuck with that. I, I really enjoyed camping in uh, Wisconsin. That was, like, a thing I did a lot as a kid.
1: I've only been to Wisconsin twice, and that was the fight, and I liked it. So I need to go up there again for sure. Like, the Dells. or The Wisconsin Dells is nice. Never been there.
0: Huh. What is that? Is that just, like, nature just it's, nature-y Yeah, i of... Yeah, okay. like, a
1: little little probably a little cave or something i don't know i don't know what it is but i heard it's nice <laughs> i need to go out i don't go out much
0: <laughs> we went to uh there's this place in Wisconsin called Manaqua. it's like this uh town like on the like on the lakefront and shit and it's really cool they do like a, they have like a, um they called the i think they uh, aqua- aquarina acrobats or something like that And <laughs> you know like it's, it has a whole culture and a thing it's like a just like a hippie
1: hmm way like from town
0: yeah I want to go back there and just like as an adult just be like step out just be like smoke a joint and be like I used to just like canoe here and um <laughs> I think that'd be really fun uh, Johnny Hopper, I have one more question this is kind of just a fun question before we um, maybe wrap up what what's like your favorite uh, fighting slash boxing whatever or combat sport film
1: film? Yeah. Mm, man, I got a lot. Uh I like Southpaw. I like Bleed for This with Vinny Pazienza. Um Warrior's good with the MMA, all the Rockies, but I mean that's old school.
0: <laughs> hey, Rocky's some good shit. Yeah. I still vibe I, I I'll I'll fuck with Rocky any yeah, day. I,
1: I the Rocky's uh OG for me. Yeah. Um Man, it's hard to think off the top of my head. Hmm. I'll probably say warrior that mma one with the two brothers that's a good one
0: yeah i haven't seen any of those unfortunately.
1: Warrior's a good one it's about uh two brothers that used to wrestle and they had like a troubled dad yeah you you seen it and then they end up fighting each other at the end kind of corny
2: though.
1: it's kind of corny <laughs> but it's, it's that one yeah.
2: big ass dude it's yeah. Kurt cool. he fights
1: Kurt Angle on the in the movie and Kurt Angle is <laughs> supposed to be this russian dude his name was like Koba.
2: Was that, Kurt Angle? that was Kurt Angle. Yeah, he was so
1: shredded, bro. He looked like a Russian, but that was what? Kurt Angle.
0: You ever see uh, the wrestler with Mickey Work? Yeah, that's yeah. A really good one. I
1: used to, I used to watch that as a kid. Me and my dad watched that as, as, as a kid. As, as, as a kid, it was messed up. Yeah. It was messed up. Well, I thought like as a kid, I was growing up wrestling, and I was like, oh, this is a wrestling movie. And my mom was like, yeah, and we, she got it for me. It was not a wrestling movie. No. Oh. I mean, it was a good movie. <laughs> like american history x you're like damn that's a messed up movie it's a good movie You're like damn i shouldn't have watched that as a kid but i mean (laughs) i was really mature for a young like i at a young age i like seen a lot of like life it wasn't sure sure so i kind of like was able to watch those movies with
0: so yeah whatever yeah
1: like to be to be able to watch it and not be influenced by it because i've already seen some shit
0: you know mexicans always watch fucked up movies as yeah it's like all my friends that were kids they were always like yeah i watched chucky three i'm like what the fuck?" I don't,
1: yeah, we, I don't know why we always watched horror movies bro we just loved it
2: literally dude i want to tell you this when i play Warzone, if there's motherfuckers that only speak spanish and i love it as spanish people like i i really love it working with them especially and having them as the group but if they're like only speaking spanish And I'm like, amigo. And they just, like, keep going off. I'm like, get out. Get out. Or, like, trying to team up with them. I'm like, dude, these guys are going to be like, fuck you, puto. Like, swear all my life, bro. All of them, bro. Because I'm just like, I don't know what it is. These Mexican guys got it like that, bro. They're trying to run you the fuck down, right? Yeah,
1: that's kind (laughs) of uh, the bad thing about Mexicans. Uh, I grew up in in Kansas City, you know? So there's a, a good Mexican population there, but... If you don't grow up in like southern, like Texas or like those types of area, or like California, maybe you're not seen as like Mexican. So a lot of the times, like the Mexican community will see me as like a white guy, but Uh, then, but then like a bunch of white people won't see me as white. They'll see me as a minority. So I would Uh, never be able to like fit in, you know, especially like on the wrestling team when I was in college. I lived that. Yeah, bro. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you're a minority group.
2: I really want to say that a Mexican guy apologize, he's actually Mexican dude, not just Hispanic, he's straight Chicano, like there's another guy, he's like, he's only kind of, he's only half Chingon because he's from Honduras and he's not from Mexico, I'm like, okay, he's apologizing to me one time because we got into a real, like, we almost got to fighting, and he was like, now listen, I'm gonna apologize to you. But don't interrupt me, cause I'm ready to kill you on the way to Mexico. And I'm like, this is how you're starting your apology, bro. <laughs> like, bro, they bounty bounty, bro. It's but like that's a fucking culture that like is fucking respectable. They're respectable in the fight game a lot too. Yeah. Like, it's honestly no surprise, and I think that like what you saying that earlier, like, I think that could really play a big role in that. Like, just that they fucking got heart, dude. They, th- I mean, like, dude. People talk about it all the time, like how hard Mexican people work. It's not a fucking, it's no cap. Yeah. Like they fucking go balls to the wall with whatever they fucking do and they fucking do it until they're like, all right, I gotta stop.
1: Yeah, I don't get it. Like, I don't, I, that's how it was with wrestling. They told me to go and I just go and go and go. My body would break, like tear my ACL. I can keep going. I would go, I go. I wrestled a whole college season with the torn ACL. It would dislocate. Yeah, it was off. I, I would have it taped up and everything. It was, it was probably my worst season. Uh, as a competitor, but it definitely changed me, for sure.
2: I still want to hear about that. I want to hear about oh, yeah. Okay, so... Like, like, your later years of wrestling, coming back after that injury.
1: Uh, So, I wrestled all since, like, the age of 7 or 8, up till... High school, got an opportunity to uh, never did anything in high school. I wasn't that good. Uh, people are going to listen. Some people will be mad and be like, you were a good wrestler. And then there's a lot of people back home that are like, yeah, you're not a good wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, even, well, I would personally yeah.
2: say because I'm not a yes man. The Johnny Hopper that I saw as a wrestler, I would not say it was a good wrestler. Right. I don't think I was yeah. a good wrestler either, though. But I
1: just I didn't so, see it. So my freshman year, I came into college. And I remember uh, I was training after I graduated high school i was I went to teen Kansas went and wrestled at Fargo. I didn't place, but I did well and then I kept lifting kept training it got into college was beating up a lot of the college guys uh, a lot of the starters um ended up wrestling and it was on Halloween um, we wrestled at a tournament it was in Nyack. and uh I remember being so nervous before my first match, I puked. I don't know why, like I never, I'm not a puker like that, but I was like so nervous. And then it was against a decent kid, but he was beatable. And I let him pin me for some weird reason. I mean, he was good. I'm not saying like he wasn't good. He was good, he pinned me. And then I remember being upset and uh, was like, well, that was the worst case scenario. like no, I what's worse than that, being pinned. So then I was gonna wrestle my next match and then it was like a bye another buy, and then an injury default. And then I finally got to wrestle again. Well, turns out there's something worse than getting pinned. I got my ACL torn because the kid couldn't take me down. He was getting frustrated. He had a single leg, and I was standing up, and he pulled me, so I'm doing the splits, and he pushed his shoulder, and then he lifted up my heel. So my knee bends like this, and he so he's bending it the other way, and it just popped. And I remember screaming, and people were making fun of me, saying, oh, you didn't hurt your knee, you're faking it. I ended up going to the doctor, and they're like, well, it's partially torn. And I was like, okay, so what does that mean? They're like, during that time, they were like, we can't do anything about it. You just have to wait till it fully tears. So I was like, okay, so I had to keep wrestling. Ended up wrestling the rest of my freshman year and doing really well. Uh, I was placing at tournaments and, uh, you know, beating some good guys in the nation and all that, and ended up not doing what I wanted to do at the end of my freshman year, and remember seeing a bunch of that, like we were on this bus, we had to get shuttled to the showers and uh, it was me and my buddy who was also a freshman. He, uh, we were just sitting there and we were pissed and there was all these seniors coming in from different schools and they're like, Oh, I'm glad wrestling's over. I'm glad. And I'm like, I can't relate to that. Like you guys have weak mindsets. Like I'm not like that. And so my next year I thought I knew everything, you know? And I thought, uh, I thought I was the man. I thought this, I thought that. And, uh, ended up not doing well again and uh just just doing all the wrong things I had a lot of the wrong people around me too that was one thing like I had thought people that were my friends they were not my friends they were just they were just nuisances oh yeah and uh end my sophomore year didn't do what I wanted to do that next year I redshirted so I was wrestling at uh these open tournaments at whatever weight like 174 and uh I would, like, I'd be drinking and weighing in the next day and placing at these tournaments, like, not caring, you know, like, just being, just being a loser. And past that season, my next season, I, uh, it was my, it was technically my senior, or my junior season. And, uh, after that season, I had my third amateur fight. And I, won, knocked the dude out. He was a scrub. You're a scrub. Uh, (laughs) And then I went home after, and I was living with my buddy Otto, and I was at a wrestling practice, and some dude and I were in a body lock position, and then my ACL just pops, just blows up in my knee, and I'm, like, on the ground, like, crawling, and I'm cussing, and I'm like, man, man, man. And then... uh, course people were like oh you're okay you're faking it I'm like bro no something's wrong well that was at the beginning of the summer i had tore my acl fully i went that whole summer i had to work at a liquor store i didn't really i was still running i didn't know i didn't have money for an mri or doctor i was living in my buddy's basement you know i had no money so i i went through that whole summer it was like if i can act like i tore my acl in the college room they'll pay for my surgery (laughs) and uh i got through and uh my knee ended up popping again when i was at college and they they sent me to the doctor and they were like yeah it's fully torn like you can uh we can have surgery and i was really upset about it and uh it was, it was kind of crazy because it was like my head coach at the time, he, it was like his last year as a head coach, but now he's back as, as an assistant. But he, w- he was like, well, can you tape up your knee and brace up your knee? And I was like, well, uh, you need me to wrestle? Like you need me to fill a spot? And um, I guess he needed me to fill a spot, and I would wrestle that whole season with the torn ACL. I would tape my knee. I would put a sleeve on it, a brace, and then another sleeve. Just to keep my knee together. And I had to change up my whole wrestling style. Um, the muscle in my leg just went away. It was kind of... It was it was crazy. I used to wrestle at 165, but I was losing so much muscle in my leg that I dropped down to 157. Damn. And uh, not, didn't do well. That was a really bad year for me. Um, I, after wrestling, I had surgery. And it was like March of 2017 or 2018 or something like that that I had surgery and during that time i was going through a bad time in my life like i was telling you i i was trying to figure out who i was as a man and i always known that i needed to do mixed martial arts and i needed to pursue that and that's what i wanted to do but i couldn't because my knee and uh i started thinking like what am i doing i'm partying i i have all these these yes men around me all these fake people and uh, people that would be, oh, you're so great, you're so great, and then go and talk behind my back to another teammate of mine and then act like nothing, you know. And so I just couldn't – I had those types of people around me, so eventually I just, like, quietly cut people off without yeah. telling anybody. And then I had friends that, I'm, that I was friends with then that I'm still friends with now because they've grown as human beings and they've gotten in contact yeah. with me. And, you know, so – we're like, I'm still friends with some of those people. Um, there's a lot of those people that will try to hit me up on like Instagram or something. Even people in high school, I, I don't, I don't give them the time of day because uh, where were you when I needed you? You know, mm. I needed, I needed a lot of people and I needed uh it's not my mom's fault because I did need my mom, but I didn't tell her, you know, I didn't want to tell my mom. I didn't want to tell my sister. I didn't want to tell my, my friends, but um as a friend i know when something's wrong i can go to my friend and be like something's wrong like what's up like I, you need to talk you know i never had a friend like that and uh and it's kind of sad to say you know i mean you might not have a friend like that too cause, yeah i mean, I, like,
0: I can totally relate to that man There, they <clears throat> you when you go through life you learn there are a lot of people that are just stand by, just you know set in life not willing to grow and like like i think when you you know, like we talked about, when you're in that mindset, core, You need other people who are willing to grow with you.
1: Yeah, you you need those types of people, and and if somebody doesn't want to grow and they just want to party and drink and want to make a steady check and live life to the fullest, like more power to you. But yeah, I can't for sure. I can't align myself with that. You know, like, yeah, uh, different types of people. Different types of people, to each their own. Like for sure, and there's a, a lot of people that that uh, were in my life that i thank god they're not in my life no more for sure
0: yeah i can relate to that for sure uh giant hopper we're a little over an hour i think this is a good place to wrap up uh what do you want do you want to mention anything before we wrap is there anything on your mind or you know socials or you, you have fights coming up or
1: um nothing signed just yet some big moves for next year it might be the biggest move uh of my whole life we'll see but uh i want to give a shout out to elevar wellness uh the rock island tap Sea phoenix uh brad martin ameriprise um uh, blake huggins and uh concrete cowboys and huggins concrete um man there's just a, there's a lot i gotta think of all of them i should have brought the list i wasn't thinking properly um yeah it's it's basically my mom and my uh my my dad got me into this and they, my mom didn't want me to do it at first, but it kind of just led into uh, this whole crazy career. And man, it's it's gonna be wild what's gonna happen. You're gonna see uh, some some crazy moves over the next few years with me.
0: Hell yeah, man! Well, I'm excited to see that. Uh, hell yeah, this is a fun episode, man. Johnny Hopper, good to see you. Good to meet you. To meet you. I wish you luck on your career. Uh, like I said, impressive stats, and I, you know, uh, I'm really glad Lauren was able to get us together uh guys this is the cow podcast as you know every monday and thursday at 7 p.m go check out our patreon um and also we have a, i keep reading announcements we have a new website actually uh if you want to support the channel that's a great way to do it you can donate directly there's a lot of things you can do there so go check that out all right have a good night everybody peace